Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. All right, so here's your quote. Do you have any questions? Well, it's a little bit out of our budget. Well, we can work on it, but I gotta ask you, do you want it fast, good, or cheap? And we'll work, we'll go from there. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I wanna welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me as we really get into some practicalities today when we talk about fast, good, or cheap. How to project manage yourself. Oh yeah, it's going to be good. I'll see you on the flip. All right, you guys. So I want to ask you, do you want it fast, good, or cheap? (laughs) Now, what I'm going to be doing is trying to bring in some of the the knowledge of when I was learning um, to uh, be a uh, um, a PMP and uh, from some of the PMI um, training of my back in the day to help us to learn how to get better at achieving what it is we set out to achieve. And there is wisdom everywhere. And so let me just give you some quick background knowledge on this so that when we move from there and turn it into wisdom on uh, helping ourselves, we'll all be on the same page. Okay. How's that sound? All right, good. Okay, so the traditional wisdom when you were looking at a project. So let me just set this up. Think you are a project manager and you are hired or trained or expected to get something done, but you don't have any hiring uh, power or authority and you don't necessarily get anyone who is going to uh, manage your process besides you. So that usually meant that you were going to have to find your find and create your own champion for your project, meaning that there was somebody with this power high enough up uh, so that when you needed to get things done, they could remove the friction to help you get it done. And even with that, I found that we were always trying to, not trying, needing to uh, train people on how a project would work. And at the time I was doing it because it was what was expected and I was trying to keep my job and uh, all of these, uh, it was just really popular and it was just a headache for me because I thought it was common sense. And I was just like, well, don't, haven't you ever like done a renovation at home or watched a movie where somebody uh, talks about, you know, good, fast or cheap? And a lot of times <laughs> the people I was tasked with working with were very technical coders and they were like, nope. And so I had to learn how to make this more palatable to, to people. Now, 
If you were to go out and look, I can tell you right now, uh, the conventional wisdom with this uh, comes from a concept called the triple constraint. And what that simply means is you're looking at when you're talking about achieving something, getting a project done, you have these constraints of time. You have these constraints of money or cost, you know, because you, you don't have an unlimited budget and you definitely don't have unlimited time. And then you have scope and scope is going to be how much is going to be agreed upon to get done. So those are the traditionals. And it got turned into so that we could remember it um, fast, good and cheap. So fast would be time. Good would be the the scope. But um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how that changed because scope used to cover a whole bunch of stuff, but we broke down a whole bunch of things within scope. Uh, So the good would be the quality of the scope. And then the cost would be quote unquote cheap. And this was uh, the running joke that everybody wanted this holy non-existent trinity of good, fast, and cheap. And so it went something like this, that if you wanted something you could own uh, something done in a project. You could really only choose two because to try to have all three would break the system. And so that would mean like if you wanted something um, fast and you wanted it good, it wouldn't come cheap because you had to pay more to get some enough people in for it to be done quickly. But these people had to have the skills, which meant that they were premium and they were going to cost more. So you see how that worked? So what if you wanted something done fast and you wanted it done on the cheap? Well, that would usually mean that the quality, the good part of it would suffer. Think about how fast they throw up homes in some areas because they're trying to do them fast and cheap. The quality suffers. And it's not necessarily because of the uh, craftsmanship of the people working on it. No, it is probably more so because of the time constraint of the fast. You see, more quality usually requires more time. There are certain processes just in a, in a building process where it takes days to cure um, certain materials so that they'll be ready to support the materials that are going to have to be built on top of them. And so when you're looking at fast and cheap, you have to use materials. And a lot of times they won't have as good of a quality as you would like. And therefore you forego that. And then if you moved on to you want it good and you want it cheap, this is the thing that was the got you. It probably wouldn't last because if you think about it, if something is good and something is cheap, sooner or later, demand for that good and cheap is going to rise, the supply is going to get low, and either it's going to have to increase in cost to be able to keep supplying the demand, or it will increase in cost (laughs) because the demand encourages it to do so. So, you know, I know that might sound like, oh, Michelle, why are you talking about this today? But listen, Linda, listen, listen to me. The reason why I'm saying that is because there is a lot of value in being able to understand this about ourselves, especially if you're out here in these streets trying to make things happen like I am every day. It doesn't take anything to just go back and look at whatever it is you're trying to do. And you can start to quickly get an assessment of how to project manage yourself. So say, for instance, you're trying to start a new business or get um, secondary income or finish a project for work or 
increase your ability to shine on your job so that you can get the promotion you want. You can take these same traditional time constraints of fast, good, and cheap and start working on a project to be able to present. And once you figure out the best of the three, the best two of the three, you can get going. But yeah, you knew there was a but coming. I'm going to now wreck that. And I'm going to say that if you really want to get better at project managing yourself and the things that you want to achieve in your life, because remember, we've been talking about how to achieve an accomplishment, how to increase your career projections and all of that kind of stuff, you know, real practical stuff. I'm wanting to make sure that I give you the best that I got within the time constraint that we have of this little time we have here. So what I'm going to say is, is that instead of fast, good, and cheap, you need to look at the um, the six parts or the six constraints, okay? And PMI Institute here in Atlanta, you know, I've studied under them and everything like that. They were good at coming up with an acronym called the CRAB Quest so that you could remember what the six constraints are. Now, you already know, the first three, because I told them to you, time, cost, and scope. But then there are three more. And I alluded to the to one of them while I was just talking. And those would be quality, benefits, and risk. And this is where it gets to how you can take it and turn it into wisdom for your life. Okay? So just hear me out. So when we think about the stuff I just talked about, time, cost, and, and scope, that just makes total sense. You know, just obvious sense. But when you start getting into quality benefits and risk, you can start using this to assess the project of your business, the project of your health, and even the project of your relationships. I've worked with a friend who was having some issues in a relationship. And I was like, you need to put plot this out and see if this is working. Because when you look at quality, benefits, and risk, those are more the diagnostic part of this project management that help you to know if you if it's worth doing, if you're staying on task, and all of that. So let me just break that down. And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit more not so technical about, you know, how to start project managing yourself. Okay, give me a few more minutes to go over quality, benefits, and risk. All right. Thank you. All right. So with quality, quality is like it sounds. Quality is what is the agreed upon uh, level of um, of the product that you have agreed upon. So say, for instance, in my world, producing a book, if you want to produce a book and you, you're saying, I want to do the best I can, the best quality I can, and I want it to make me money. Your uh, project management is going to look way different depending on how much time you have, how much experience you have, and um, how much uh, confidence, because remember we talked yesterday about uh, certainty, how much certainty you have, all of those things. You see how you, I'm, I'm working up daily and giving y'all stuff? Y'all better don't sleep on this. This will change your life. Okay. But anyway, um, and so your project of just saying, I want to produce a book is going to look different from someone else. And the reason why it's going to look different is because based on your level of experience, based on your budget, based on the time you have, 
those are going to give you some pretty good constraints just starting off the bat. So what I'm going to say is this. When you're looking at your project, those three time, like we just, you know, talked about, um, time, cost, and scope, those are going to give you some pretty good boundaries and parameters, okay? So say, for instance, you're trying to do this book, and you look and you say, okay, I want to I wanna get this book. And you look and you say, okay, what kind of book do I want to write? That's going to start helping you to figure out what your scope is. Is it going to be a nonfiction book, a fiction book? Is it going to be a standalone story, meaning that it's going to be a book that is complete within itself? Or is it going to be a book that opens up a whole series of books about this person's quest? You see how you're starting to get your scope? And then what genre is it going to be in? How many characters is it going to be? Is it going to be about one hero? Is it going to be about a rag team of people? How are you going to do it? And so you're starting to figure out what is the scope of what you're doing. So then let's look at time. Say, for instance, you're working full time, but you know you want to get this book out and you're like, but I don't want to take it. I don't want to have it taken forever. I want to start seeing my income increase. And you, lo and behold, you find out that the average you can receive income once you hit the uh, for sale button on most distributors is 60 plus days from when you hit that buy button. (laughs) And um, you say, oh my gosh. So that means that once I finish the book, I've got to wait another two months before I can even see any payment. So that's going to start helping you look at your time constraint of how long do I have during a given day working full time to write? And when do I want to have it done? So you start looking at your time of what you can allocate. You also can start looking at deadlines to start trying to hit. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, so now think about it. You already got your scope of what you want to write. You know, you're going to write a fiction book. You know, it's going to be in a particular genre. You know, whether it's going to be a full novel, short novel, or it's going to be a standalone book, a series, you, you know, all these things. So then there comes the schedule. I mean, excuse me, there comes the cost. And um, the cost is going to be more so your budget. Mm -hmm. Do you have enough money to be able to hire a good editor, get a good cover designer, get someone to format it for you if you don't know how to format and you don't have the tools and the skills to do it? Are you going to sell paperbacks? Are you going to sell them direct? Are you going to um, have to hire someone to typeset the, the, the insides of the book for the printer? On and on it goes. And you're starting to get a feel for these constraints that live in a project. So, you know, time can also, I I said this, but time can also be um, inclusive of a schedule. Cost can also be inclusive of your time. What is your time worth? How much time, I mean, you know, how much time are you going to use and how much per hour are you worth? so that you can get a feel for how much is this going to cost you. So once you've done just those basics, then this is where the beauty comes in. You start adding in that quality, the benefits, and the risk. And there's a certain thing that we like to talk about from project management. We talk about tolerance. When we get to these 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 secondary uh, constraints, 
You see, because quality has a tolerance. It means how flexible are you to be able to substitute? How flexible are you on um, the variations from a certain standard? For instance, we all know that there are different levels of toilet paper. You know, what's the quality? Are you doing the one ply just above wood chips? Or are you doing the plush, satiny softness that is um, reminiscent of spun gold? And that deals with what kind of quality are you putting out? So going back to this book example, are you going to be writing uh, to just the masses? Are you going to be churning and burning, churning them out, you know, writing pulp fictiony and, and getting them out there, uh, keeping it lowbrow, not trying to do too much with um, the characters and the writing, just giving people the, the thrill and the feels of what they expect for your particular genre? Or are you going to be doing something that is hidden and layered with subtext, intrigue, with different um, viewpoints? And every time they read it, 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 they can read it from a different angle and get a totally new experience. You see, there are different qualities that you can look at. And mind you, with each part of the quality that you choose is going to, you guessed it, trigger something about the scope of the book, the time it takes, or the schedule, and the cost. And then, now this is the thing that people, when you're looking at managing yourself and trying to get something achieved, people tend to overlook this because they don't realize how important it is. And this comes in with the benefits and the risk. And they're just like they sound. Benefits, what kind of what kind of goodies do you get um, from doing this? Or if you're providing this for someone else, what kind of benefits do you do they get? Um, when you think of benefits, it's the with them. What's in it for me? Not the features, not the this will do this and that will do that. People don't care. What will it help you fulfill? What will you be able to experience? And once you figure out that, so like, for instance, going back to the book, if you want the benefits of being where you get residual income and you write a book one time and then you get paid for it after that in residuals and royalties, that's a great benefit. If you want to be where you can say, I am a published novelist and people go, "Ooh," you know, because it's, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. Uh, that could be a benefit. Well, what if you want to have a, a, a money-making entity that is uh, immortal and that will become part of inheritance for your kids? That could be a benefit of those books. And on and on it goes. But you have to figure out what you need to be able to keep going or what is too much to get these benefits where you, you know, cut your cost. And like I said before, this is an area that I've had to, oh my gosh, I've had to look at and and make friends with because I don't know what it was about me. I was so busy. And the sad part was, is I knew, I knew this stuff, but when it came to my own life, I wasn't willing to apply it. And so I was always just chasing after the benefits, trying to do the best quality, trying to do it as fast as I could, sometimes with a um, uh, an anemic budget. And would have the nerve to get upset with myself when the quality would suffer or when my creative muse would go uh, rampage 
and throw the scope all out of whack and I would miss my deadlines. And so just going back and understanding these things helped me to realize the risk. Mm-hmm. So when you have the risk, those are when you when you have to count up the cost. Um, how much time am I spending? Is this taking too much time? Do I need to reevaluate the deadline? Am I going to have cost overruns, meaning I've booked an editor and I'm not going to meet my deadline? And I've signed a contract that if I miss my deadline, I don't get my deposit back or whatever it is that you have on the line. You have to look at the risk of pulling off the project. Do they uh, help or are they in line with the benefits that you get out of this? Or are they too much where they nullify the benefits that you would get out of something? And you see how it's like, okay, you can definitely see how this works in just, I don't want to say boring, but plain old everyday business projects. I am going to now, in our last few minutes, we're going to switch over and start talking about how to use these concepts on a a, a wisdom level to project manage yourself. So now that we understand that at any given time when you want to kind of like get your arms around what you're trying to do, you know, so like when we talked about um, how to figure out what domain you're in, you know, and and we want to try to at all possible keep ourselves in the domain of complicated and complex from the other day. Or when we talked about, um, you know, how to go about uh, achieving and critically um, analyzing what's going on with what we have to do. Today, this is more about the boots on the ground, let's get her done and start building out this implementation. Remember, we talked about implementation and we talked about execution. Well, this part right here is going to help you to have a stronger sense of implementation so you kind of know what you're working with, okay? So when you want to accomplish something, I'm talking about whether you want to start a, a company, a, a side hustle, get a, a, a new spouse if, if, if you've never been married or you're divorced, lose weight, um, host an event, plan a wedding. You can use these things to help manage yourself. And if you can't remember anything that I have said, um, just understand this, that you can have two but you can't have all three. (laughs) So if nothing else, if you're like, Michelle, I don't have time to be trying to get all fancy with the quality, the benefits and the risk. I want you to understand you can have it good. You can have it fast or you can have it cheap. And when you just realize, oh, okay. And set and, and, and set that as your parameters and see which one is most important to you. You'll figure out that for a lot of people just starting out, now I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to cut to the chase. I was going to hold this to the end. But when you're first starting out and you're project managing yourself, your projects normally look like this. They're good and they're cheap. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they're good and they're cheap is because it's your project and you're able to Uh, to give the go ahead on the time constraint because everything is dependent on you. You know, you have the ability to push out a deadline or whatever. That usually means that you can take the time you need to make sure it's good 
And to make sure it's good, you're usually being highly innovative to find ways to pull it off that are not as expensive because you're doing all the work anyway. It's it's the, the credo of um, the self-employed and the solo entrepreneur where we learn how to make it do what it do. <laughs> and, you know, learning how um, to take certain things and turn them into other things. And I've talked about this fancy word uh, the other day. I'm going to say it again. And the reason why I call it fancy, it might not be fancy for you, but every time I, I say it, I always like have to slow down to say it. But it's called exaptation. And what that exaptation is, E-X-A-P-T-A-T-I-O-N, is where you take something that was meant for something else and you use it for something new that's never been done before. The other day, I gave the example of people in flood areas using very large industrial strength plastic bags and driving their cars into the plastic bags and then tying the plastic bags so the water wouldn't um, destroy the cars. So that was that's an example of ex. ex- Exactation. See, I have told you, I have to slow down and say it. And that is one of the main ingredients that we use for our innovative ideas when it's us and we need to get something done. And so, like I said before, cutting to the chase, good, fast, or cheap, usually people are going to settle on good and cheap, or they might settle on fast and cheap, but it might not be as good. Or you can settle on fast and good, but it won't be cheap. And so it's like understanding just those little constraints will help you to actually start getting traction and movement on the things you want. So let's get practical and talk about what this looks like. We're at the beginning of our our, of our year, and a lot of people are being um, very good at looking at the idea of getting healthier, of maybe uh, losing weight and those types of things. And so if you want to do a project management on yourself for that, getting your head around it, looking at the time constraint, the cost constraint and the scope, it could easily be like this. The scope, how much weight you want to lose. So if you know you want to lose, let's let's just go there. What if you need to lose or want to lose 100 pounds, right? So that's the scope. You want to lose 100 pounds. And then you want to look at the time. And you want to look at what's realistic. And when I say realistic, what's not going to kill you? And you want to do it in a way because you, you're looking at your scope and you're like, I want to lose this 100 pounds. I don't want to make myself sick. And so I'm going to look at the time that it takes. Okay. So you look at the time that it takes and you notice something. You notice that if you go and pay for the professionals to help you from this program that has gotten a lot of reviews, you will hit your goal within the time that you want. But it ain't going to be cheap. Well, if you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not prepared to pay for that. I'm not prepared to take off of work and go to some resort for two months uh, and help and have them hold my hands to do everything for me to lose this weight. I can't do that. That means that the cost is a constraint that overrides everything. So that means that you can't get good and fast weight loss because 
it's too, it costs too much. So that drops you down to your options are I can do it. Uh, try to do it fast and cheap, but it won't be good. And we've already decided that good means your health. And so you're like, nope, that won't work because I'm not trying to kill myself um, to lose this weight as fast as possible. So like I said before, I usually cut to the chase. When you're just starting out, you usually end up with the good and cheap option. And the thing is, is it won't last. Uh, And the reason why it won't last is because a lot of times that is not a sustainable model. So if you're trying to do a weight loss program and and project manage yourself and you want good weight loss and you want to do it as inexpensively as possible, that usually means that your time your schedule is going to um, have to be robust enough to help you do it. Because if you try to speed it up, it's going to start costing more. I hope this is starting to make sense. And I hope that you're starting to get um, influences and insights on how you can take just this simple little triple constraint to start working on your projects. So say, for instance, you're like, okay, Michelle, I got you and I do want to lose some weight and that makes total sense. And so that means that I'm going to lose good weight. I want to do it as inexpensively as possible, meaning that I'm probably going to design my own uh, program and all of that. And I understand that because of that, my time, I'm not going to be able to do it fast. And that might be because you have to spend time researching the best ways to do it, teaching yourself the stuff that, that you would have paid for with the experts. It is possibly going to mean that you're not going to be able to buy the fancy supplements. And so you're going to have to do everything from scratch, which means it's going to take more time. And you possibly might not have the fancy um, bikes and um weights and all the stuff that people want you to use. And so that's going to mess with your time. But then you go down and you say, okay, now that I understand those parameters, let me start putting the next layer on it. I know that I want to have good quality. So what's my quality tolerance? And so you look at it and you decide that a good quality weight for you to, to release is one to two pounds a week. And that means that in 50 to 100 weeks, you will have your weight loss. You want to start looking at how flexible you are on on um, on what to substitute, what to put in, what is good enough. And then you start looking at the benefits and the risk. Um, is it uh, worth it for the risk that you're taking to go with this this route? Are you getting enough benefits? Uh, maybe it means that you've tried you're you're starting to try it and you suck at being able to teach yourself how to lose weight. You don't have the willpower and all the other things that it takes to pull it off, and you can't maintain your gains. And so you look at it and you're like, okay, maybe I need to change some things. And so I'm hoping that now you can see where if you start off with time, cost, and scope, you meaning good, fast, and cheap, okay? And then you superimpose that with quality benefits and risk, you'll start to be able to do a pretty good job at understanding your project even before you get started. And that goes well with the implementation that we were talking about the other day. Because once you've got these things implemented, then guess what you're able to do? You're able to execute and take action. And so guess what, y'all? Mm-hmm. My time is up. I thank you for yours. I appreciate you so much. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Uh-huh. Yes. Don't forget to check the show notes and I will see you tomorrow. Bye.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.